Yeah, we made a Korean barbecue one time, and he loved it. And he was like, I want to do it again. And I was like, I can't remember where I got the recipe. All right. Whoa. Hi, babe. Wake up! All right, so we're good? I guess. This is going to have to be it. I don't know what happened, but... So it just stops recording? No, yours wasn't recording for some reason. The channels aren't working. I don't know, but it's working now. And you didn't restart your laptop? No, I didn't restart anything. I'm just... We're just, we're just uh, pushing, a, pushing ahead. Okay. Because, I mean, that Toilet! is... For me, like the ultimate fix. I haven't met a tech issue <laughs> that wasn't solved sure. by a hard restart. I think we're good. We better be. Yes. Th- this could be it. I mean, coming off of uh, the longest break we've had in a year. Yeah. Did I they not you. have the record go well? That could. I know. That could be it, yeah. man. Um, bye bye. Yeah, you better keep one eye on that laptop. I've just been watching it like a hawk. So we we lost a about fifteen minutes of the best content I think we've ever recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about you being sick. You maybe needing to hack up. Yeah, I don't know if it's that. That's I guess that's the question. What do you call it? Do you call it being sick? Yeah. If you're just congested. You're sick. You've never had a fever. Uh-huh. I guess. Yeah, would you say congestion is not sickness? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You also are drinking a special K? A big so big K. Big K. Big K hot commodity, big K zero sugar. Sodi pop. Yeah, well. And uh I had a few things I wanted to talk about. What about you? Nope. Uh, I mean, I've got my list that I've been keeping, but I don't have anything in particular, anything pressing that okay. I w- needed to bring to the table. Yeah, I mean, you were pretty much burying this podcast. I'm the one. <laughs> got you well, I've been sick, as uncover. you said. Uh, as you forced me to admit, I've mm-hmm. been sick for a week. At least I've had this for at least a week. Right. Uh, and then we've been doing all this dumb house crap. You know what? One thing, and Julia mentioned this before, and I completely agree with her. You know why this is lingering for a week now? Because I don't drunk. take my medicine or something. No, because you don't rest. Are you still doing your your runs? Uh, yeah, I had I had to stop. Ex- no, exact, I stopped. Yeah, I had to stop. Yeah, you got to stop. Your body oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I did. But you know the weird thing about that is I would do my run and then in the like the five minutes after I felt like a yeah, god. Uh, yeah, of I course. felt completely healed. <laughs> yeah. I felt amazing. Yeah, you know what? Okay. And then it would is, all come back. This is one thing that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about working out, losing weight, okay. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So one of the benefits of working out is exactly what we talk about. And you know, another like uh, colloquial term for it is a runner's high. Mm-hmm. And what you're experiencing is basically a flood of dopamine, right? Is that the positive? I guess. Thing? Sure. That just floods and saturates your brain. Yep. So people don't talk enough, I think. And I've seen this a lot in 
running communities. And that's, that's my primary like connection to like the fitness community mm-hmm. or like long distance runners. Cause I ran cross country in high school watching long distance runners. I feel that I saw the most like unhealthy behaviors covered up mm-hmm. behind the veneer of like healthy exercise sure, lifestyles. Right. Yeah. Where nope, you are an addict that is not you. I'm not saying you, but I'm right. saying like some of these again, especially long distance runners, but I would probably expand it to some of like the extreme workout health conscious people are just like addicts chasing a high, just looking for that dopamine hit yeah. of, but I feel like a God. It's like, yeah, you know that you're like running yourself into pneumonia. Right. Like, oh, but I feel so great. You yeah. Know? Yeah. In my, in my quest to improve my running, I've been, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos and I've started following a couple subreddits. There's like contradictory advice everywhere you turn. Mm-hmm. There's seems to be no right answer for anything. But one thing I have seen pop up on this, um, I'm using this Nike training club app to, I'm following their training program for marathon. Mm-hmm. And so I'm fo- also following the subreddit. And so people post their workout, their runs or whatever to the subreddit. And somebody posted yesterday or today this screenshot of may and he's like may was a crazy month for me and it's they've run over 220 miles and they've done 43 runs just in the month of may that's more than one run a day (laughs) it's like yeah that's not this is like i guess it's impressive but it's also like what are you like you're literally running away from something. What is happening <laughs> in your life? Yes. <laughs> you shouldn't yeah. be running twice what a day. What are you thinking when you're when you're running? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and again, that's something that I don't think is like explored a lot, which is <clears throat> and sometimes like you hear these you know, health obsessed people and as soon as they stop talking about whatever their particular like intermittent fasting strategy or you know, extreme CrossFit slash long distance running program that they're doing. Yeah. It usually always boils down to, and you know, that's why I think human lifespan can go to 130, 150 years. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're not running yourself into 50 more years of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And, and it's, it's this, well, and if you are, you're not going to be able to walk for the last 30 of those years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll be better in. <laughs> right. And is there something to be said that the last few years of your life are going to be lived by you not accessing the one thing that you've taken right. enjoyment from? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it just strikes me as somebody who decided that I wanted to add a more healthy lifestyle into my routine Mm -hmm. and do a workout and all this stuff. It got me exposed to like, Oh, intermittent fast. Oh, do this, do that. And the more that I see of it, the more I'm like, this just feels 
like people trying to sell me on something. Yeah. That isn't necessarily about how to add healthiness as a concept or as an mm -hmm. idea into my life. Instead, it's trying to sell me on whatever this program is or these ideas are that are in my mind sometimes fueled by like obsessions mm. and things that I don't want to be a part of. Like I'm totally happy having a 80 ish year lifespan. Mm -hmm. And at the end of those eight years being like, yeah, I watched some good movies, read some good books and I intermittently rode my bicycle. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, walked past the brownie tray right a few extra times you know bye bye and then it's bye bye time and then it's bye bye time <laughs> but instead it's like no you have to you have to run you have to like you can't eat any you know bread mm -hmm. and oh on top of that here's a gel that you need to put in every water mm -hmm. glass of water you drink and oh i read this one thing where someone is like your body will burn fat faster if you sleep naked <laughs> and I, uh -huh. I didn't even read the whole thing because i was like i don't care like yeah. whatever that's a part of i don't want i, I don't want that to be a part well, of. well that was a big thing with that guy tim ferris a while ago right that and i found it interesting but it's not like stuff because he was doing stuff where like he installed or he put like an implant in his body to like track levels and stuff and so then he discovered like if i take a freezing cold shower for this length of time and the water is hitting me at this angle on the back of my neck then it increases my metabolism by x percent you know what i mean but yeah it's it's crazy the stuff the the thing about that though that i think um is kind of births all this is the the need for a i guess like a routine or for me like this plan that i've been following has been really helpful and one of the reasons why i don't want to stray from it is because it's so easy for me to just miss one day of something and then be like, yeah, well, I'm done. I missed the day. Forget it. You know what I mean? Right. I already messed it up. Uh, so for me, it's good to have like a plan or something that I can follow. But at the same time, you know, all, all the a lot of the advice you always get is you have to listen to your body. If you if you're tired or you're not feeling well, then yes, you need to take a break and blah blah blah. So, so Ray Kurziel, I think <clears throat> that's the guy's name, mm -hmm. or there's another guy. There's a younger guy. Now that I'm looking at who this guy is, but this is just representative, right? This isn't the main guy I was thinking about. Uh huh. But um, Ray Kurziel ingests 250 supplements, eight to ten glasses of alkaline water, ten cups of green tea. He also periodically tracks 40 to 50 fitness indicators, down to tactile sensitivity. Right. Um. You know, again, to me, I feel like. Even if you could, even if you could add 10 years to your life, but in order to access those 10 years, you need to spend four hours of each day 
just thinking and obsessing over your <laughs> vitals. Mm -hmm. To me, I'm like, doesn't that kind of cancel itself out? Sure. You know, I mean, do you want to be obsessive about your body? And then what if you get hit by a bus? Mm -hmm. What if you're, yeah, you can't like eat around cancer. Right. You know what I mean? There's no way to just kind of like, well, I, I just eat gels now. And yeah. cancer can't develop off of gels. <laughs> At any point, your body could just be like, uh, I'm going to start making another liver. Right. You, yeah. Here in your neck, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and hey, there's a big setback, if, if not the end of your quest. Right. So, I don't know, man. It's something that I'm still trying to figure out for myself. Um, and I'm, I am, like, I understand what you're saying. At the same time, I just don't know if I have a routine that's so balanced on a precipice of me upkeeping, then how long do I think I can do that for? Like, could I do that for the rest of my life? For me, I just don't know. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think some of it has been spoiled by the fact that I spent four years of my life running cross country. Mm -hmm. I know what a, daily run is like i know what runner's high feels like mm -hmm. i don't want that yeah you know that's the other thing too is i think i'm not coming from a space of i don't know what it's like to be active and thinner you know play basketball i know what that's like i just don't genuinely don't enjoy those activities yeah so like i need to find something that i feel like is low impact um and works well with my life and feels you know feels comfortable mm -hmm. um and yeah i'm still playing with it i don't know i was biking every single day mm -hmm. for a for a while yeah and i told you that there's a moment when i first started where like walking up two steps my knees were like i don't mm -hmm. know if i can do this right and then that went away as I did it more and I was like, Oh, okay. I think maybe that was just a strength thing. Maybe my body is adapting, mm -hmm. you know? And then it came back. <laughs> it came yeah. back hard. Right. To a point where it was like my left leg was trembling one time, like just going up and I was like, Okay, I think I need to probably take a look at some smart people who right. aren't obsessive and just be like, What what can I do? Yeah. Well, I mean that, yeah, that's the thing that I'm also dealing with is my knee went out on one of the long, I was doing like a seven mile run a couple weeks ago or maybe like a month ago at this point. And I got to mile like six, five or six. And my knee just started hurting really, really bad. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of toughed it out and I finished and it was like, okay, I don't want to stray. And for some reason, this program has it has five. You do five runs a week. You have two off days, right? And it has it scheduled as recovery run, recovery run, break, in intervals, recovery run, break, and then you do the long multiple miles run. Mm -hmm. on sunday right but that means if you follow the plan that means you then do your big long run on sunday 
and then Monday and Tuesday you run again. Where it's like after that big long run, I need to take a break. Yeah. I can't. And I guess it's probably something for you. But ever I, I had that. I had my knee went out, and then the next day I had to do a recovery run. So I was like, all right, well, let me try doing this. And I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I like literally just could not run. I could walk pretty okay, but I just could not run. So yeah. I, I took a week off. Um, but ever since that has happened, I've had knee pain. And if I if it goes if I let it go long enough, I'll get back to the point where I just can't even run because my yeah. knee hurts so bad. Yeah. And so I'm watching all these videos, and it's now become this thing where it's like part of it is just, um, like pain tolerance, and part of it is like if you want this to go away, I am going to have to completely change my lifestyle, and I'm going to have to start doing these exercises every single day, mm-hmm. and it's like. I don't think I'm there. I really want to I continue running. I do enjoy. I've learned to enjoy it, but I'm not that committed. Yeah, well that's the other thing too going back to picking on runners. Um it, it's applying a kind of sports mindset mm-hmm. to a workout that I think I have a problem with. Mm-hmm. So, anytime I'm working out, if something starts hurting, Right. Pretty much it's a sign, stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> right, yeah. Now, in sports, <laughs> when you're exhausted and you're tired, what's the what's the approach? Dig deeper. Right, you got to suck it up. Fourth quarter, right? right. You, you, you got to, like, push through, push through the pain and all that. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's about conditioning, you know? Yeah. And so these long-distance runners, a lot of times... It's like you hear these horror stories of somebody like blowing their knee out on a, at a marathon, and then what did they do? Well, I finished anyway on the mm-hmm. blown out knee. It's like, yeah, that's why you have a cane right now. Right. Yeah. Like that's not a that's not a positive story. You mm-hmm. basically ran your body into a major injury, but you did it because of grit, right? right? Good riddance, intolerable temperance uh, you know like whatever oh uh-huh <laughs> that, that's like old english sports yeah um <laughs> uh, that's what i get for trying to make my own acronym <laughs> but uh oh yeah man i don't know i do, i am trying to not hide behind that excuse to justify me being out of shape and unhealthy, mm-hmm. you know, but I am trying to move forward with a more balanced approach than ride every day, mm-hmm. chase that high, you know, focus on your weight loss and just feel your self-confidence grow with every pound that you shed because mm-hmm. that's not the, that shouldn't be the goal or the idea, you know, the goal yeah. and idea should be like, do something that you enjoy and get value from and take pleasure in the fact that you're getting healthier, but don't do it because you're like, now I can wear my college t-shirts again. Right. But part of it is that you don't like, there's like a, there's a line you have to cross of like, yeah, for a long time, 
when I was running, I hated it and I was miserable. And I was literally only doing it because it's good for you and to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started following an actual program that I started improving how I ran. You know, I, I felt I would feel better at the end of the runs. I could run for longer, not feel exhausted, and then get to a point where I actually do enjoy this. And I look forward to um, sort of pushing myself and being able to improve. Right. You know? Right. But for a long time, it was just like uh, total misery. I hated it. Yeah. And I hated the idea of it. But, but that's true for anything, right? It's like anytime I've tried to learn guitar. Sure. I hate it. I hate it, but I keep going because I find pleasure and enjoyment. But you're not doing it so that you can feel like a human mm -hmm. again, right? Like, like you're not doing it to fuel a fundamental fire that burns in you that isn't there when you're not. Yeah, running. I would say I'm just doing it as like a fundament at this point is fundamentally like it's just like a curiosity. Just yeah. to see, like, if I can, can I do it, how far can I go, right? Exactly. Let, let me push myself. Let me find a limit for myself and let yeah. me push to that. Yeah, I think all that's good. I think it becomes unhealthy. I think it becomes unhealthy for a few different reasons. But I think mm -hmm. it can become unhealthy when you just start doing it, you know, to fuel this, like, high or feeling that's not tied to... You know, to anything other than, like, I just crave the way I feel after I run 40 right. miles or after I run two, like that guy. Twice or, a day. Yeah, yeah, after I run twice. Like, I finished my run in the morning, and, God, I just got to do it. I just got to get out there and do it again, you know? Mm. Or you see somebody who, uh, I, I have a friend, I told you, who, like, created new diseases in their body because they could not accept that they were ill <laughs> and would and would purposefully pick times when they were sick to go out and like show dominance over their body mm -hmm. by running longer than they would right. run when they were healthy. Sure. It's like a few times they ended up <laughs> in the hospital after doing that. It's like, yeah. why didn't you think you weren't going to end up in the hospital with this thing that they don't know what it is? Mm -hmm. Because you've just developed your cold into the flu into pneumonia into whatever this is mm -hmm. and now you're almost about to die you know what i mean and yeah. it's like and all you can do is be like i i can't believe i can't run my 10 miles today you know <laughs> it's like i don't know if that's if that's healthy yeah that's great uh so anyway i'm fat and um i'm okay with that Let's see if I, can, <laughs> if I can be a little more active. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I'll say about it too is that, that, that thought of like, am I going to do this for the rest of my life is also something I've had to like reckon with. And I've, I, it is so still something that's like my first oh, inclination when it comes to any of this stuff, but I've had to like really force myself to just understand like it doesn't matter if I can do it for the rest of my life, I'm just going right to do it for now. Mm -hmm. And once I can't do it anymore, or once I'm truly not interested in doing it, I'll figure something else out. Yeah. You know, I, I guess this is what I'll say to wrap up for, from my perspective is I'm just thinking about it. Like, I think there's, there's a desire as humans to build our identity around something. Mm -hmm. When we don't have our identity tied to something, I feel like it can lead to feeling aimless and lost so i think 
human nature might gear itself more to I am X type of person. I don't just like film. I am like a cinephile, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I don't run. I am a runner Mm -hmm. and I don't know that it's, maybe there are good things to build your identity around, but I haven't found them in my life and I've tried a few, you know? Yeah, I agree. It does definitely seems like that is the road to ruin for anything. Politics, religion, exercise. That's exactly what I'm saying. And yeah. I, I mean, I've seen, and I've tried, I've been somebody who was like, Oh, this thing is what matters. Therefore, what better to build your identity around than something that matters. Mm-hmm. And then you bump into people who are like religious or even philosophically minded. And mm-hmm. you're like, this person sucks. You know, <laughs> if this stuff matters so much, then why, why does it breed so many people who suck? Uh, you know, same thing with politics. And mm-hmm. it's not to say that those things don't matter, but it means to say that maybe don't make that your soul identity identity or, or, or tie your identity up in that thing right uh with that being said i saw something on i saw two things on the road today okay right the desantis thing yep uh i also i'm gonna send you a picture i don't know if i should send you this before uh or spring it on you and just by the nature of how this night has gone i'm springing it on you so first, I'll do the DeSantis story, and then I'll do this picture I'm going to send you. Okay. So I was driving home today, and I look up, and I see a car in front of me, and they have a DeSantis 2024 sticker. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the sticker itself was already starting to peel off the car. Uh-huh. It looked old. It uh-huh. looked like an older sticker. Yeah. And my feeling was, my what thought was- What kind of car was, was it? It was like a- um, Nice car. <laughs> like a Kia, it, yeah, it was like a Kia. It's like a middle sport. of the road, okay. And and it was white, of course. Oh wow, like a white car. Uh huh. Good White lady driving, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but my my question was number one: Is this somebody who has anticip- been anticipating a DeSantis twenty twenty four run for like four years? <laughs> and this is just a four-year-old sticker yeah. that they've had on their car. Also, the only sticker they have on their car. Really? Yeah. Or, well, do you want to comment on that before I give you my second? Well, I guess the, my only comment is I've actually never seen DeSantis anything in the wild. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it that's was, crazy. It was surprising. Um, it made me look back a few times to wonder if it was, like, one of those, like, puns on his name. And it was really, mm. like... To, to Disney 2024 right. to make it look like right. DeSantis. But um, my, my second option is, does he just make shitty merchandise? Is is that oh, kind yeah. of standard for the DeSantis? Like, yeah. if I order a 2024 DeSantis t-shirt after one wash, is basically all the DeSantis stuff. <laughs> just going to be a plain T-shirt, yeah. A plain T-shirt. Are there are there bumper stickers just made to just fall off in like yeah. a week? Yeah, probably. I think that seems pretty sound. That's that's probably my my take on it. Then I saw this vanity license plate. 
Okay. I just messaged it to you. What, how would you pronounce their vanity license plate? So this is a car from Nevada. I'm trying to zoom in, but instead it's like a live photo or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I, I think I know how to turn that off, but I, or I, I thought I turned okay, it off. Okay, so there. I'm guessing you also have a pronunciation. I have two. Okay, I would say so. The license plate is B A D A R, right? I guess I would say Badar. <laughs> well, what's yours? Bad R, like <laughs> like radar for like badness. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Bad R. That's what I. That's also what I'm bringing to you. Did you Google anything? No, I haven't Googled it. See, I always just Google stuff. Well, I'd rather talk to you. What does Badar mean? Badar. In Arabic, baby names, the meaning of the name Badar is full moon. And there you go. So you think it's somebody... Badar is a surname full... of Central Asian origin. People with this surname include Shaheen Badar... An English singer songwriter, Salim Badar, and that's all I can What if see this car that. comes up on the Wikipedia? It's most famously <laughs> displayed in this vanity license plate from Nevada. Yeah, it's the name apparently. But meaning full moon? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess it kind of sucks all the fun out of it. I guess that's why you don't Google things. Yeah, gee. <laughs> I'd rather think there was like <laughs> Yeah, playing on, like, a bad radar. Yeah. A bad R. Well, that's because you're an American bigot. Why? What? I'm meaning bad in, like, a Because like it can't just be way. somebody's name. It's a name, but because it's not American, it's weird to you. Says the guy has who to be already funny. admitted that's not, that sucks <laughs> the fun out. Uh-huh. Um, so that's my report from the road. Okay. Um, today. Uh, I had a few other things I want to talk to you about. Sure. Do you, have, do you have anything? Um, no, I can pull something from my, uh, let me, I'll pull this latest thing from my list just so I can knock something off my list. Yeah. Um, Julia and I and the girls, we were driving home from, oh, we went to go see the little mermaid. We went to, um, it was this past weekend, and we decided we'll go. I think it must have been Sunday night. We'd been stuck inside all weekend. And we're like, let's just go to the theater, and we'll, we'll go to Cinema Beach Cafe. Or I, I don't remember what it's called. Mm -hmm. But the, the movie theater on, down by Hilltop that also serves food. Right. So we're like, we'll just go there. We'll get dinner and watch The Little Mermaid. Just something to do, right? So we sh we show up and we walk in and it it smell the whole place smelled like a public bathroom mm -hmm. as soon as you walked in it just smelled even the theaters well we didn't make it to the theaters we walk into the the theater it smells we walk into the building it smells terrible there's nobody taking tickets at the thing to send you to your theater but there's a line coming from the ticket sellers so we asked somebody we're like we already have our tickets do we need to 
go wait in that line or does someone up up here help us? And the kid didn't even know how to answer the question. And so he starts talking into his earpiece and he's like, uh, just go up to the counter. So Julie goes up to the counter, we get up to the counter and then we find out they're not serving food. Mm -hmm. Not like they don't even have popcorn. They don't have any, they're so short staffed that they are not making any food at all. And they're not cleaning the bathrooms. Apparently not. Cause the whole place reeks. So we're like, all right, whatever. We'll just, um, just get, we'll just get a refund because we haven't eaten dinner. We got to go eat dinner. So we get a refund. We don't go, we don't go see the movie. We go get dinner. All of that has nothing to do with my question or, and it's not <laughs> even a question. We leave and we're playing for some reason. We start playing Rufus Wainwright songs. Uh-huh. Um, and he has a song from, the movie I Am Sam. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know I am Sam. The Sean Penn movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> Never go full. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. And it was while we were listening to that kind of had the revelation of like there was a point in time in like culturally or in Hollywood where like the quickest way to an Oscar was to play someone who's mentally handicapped yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they yeah. don't do that anymore. Yeah. That's true. You know what I mean? It just doesn't happen. Do you put Forrest Gump in that ca- category too? Kind of, but I mean, I'm thinking more of like a, like true, like, like a, right. Like a Robin Williams also had one, didn't he? Or am I thinking of Jack? Jack? Is that not Jack. what Jack is? No, Jack isn't. <laughs> but that was a meme for a long time, and they just don't do it anymore. Well, you know the last time they did it. Um, Sia, the singer. The singer? She directed a movie. Really? Oh, Justin. I am. You're You're welcome, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, because you're going to find some gems. A n- from- it's a new movie? Well, it, it came out a few years ago. Okay, let me um, see a <laughs> movie re see a movie. Peter Rabbit music. The the film is called Music. Okay. Um and it had a box office of $645,000. And it follows a... Oh, it's Australia. Oh, no, never mind. A okay. nonverbal autistic girl. Yeah. Music received generally negative reviews from critics, <laughs> with most criticism stemming from its depiction of autism. It was so bad that she had to... Put out an apology. Really? Oh <laughs> wow! I'm surprised um, I didn't hear about this. The the clips from the movie, um, because they have, so she's nonverbal, but then she has an inner life that's full of music. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to depict a rich inner life, but the way that this g- poor girl was like directed to play this nonverbal autistic person mm-hmm. just watch just look up some some clips tonight okay and send me some of the ones that you find that you find most 
uh, impactful for oh you. Oh my gosh. And then look at this. Well, this is why you don't do it anymore. Uh, what the hell is going on in Sia's music? That's from Rolling Stone from when it came out. Two days ago, the BBC reports, Sia reveals autism diagnosis two years after film backlash. So I don't mean to be insensitive, but is that her trying to be like, look up, look up. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Is that her trying to be like, you guys were, she's just trying to cover her ass a little bit. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then there's this from January of last year. Sia attempted suicide amid backlash over music movie. Wow. How did I not hear about any of this stuff? That's what I'm saying. It was huge because she was building it up. She was so proud of it. Right. And rarely has a film come out that has just, again, not just flopped, but been aggressively like it, it set, it set a few causes back mm-hmm. <laughs> her releasing that movie actually was detrimental to some yeah. very important people <laughs> in organizations yeah um but that yeah that's why no one tries it anymore and when they do they end up <laughs> right exactly life. that you know what it is it's the new never play jesus yeah. You know, you're, you're told like, yeah, you don't ever take an acting role as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Once you play Jesus, you can't come back from that. That's yeah. who you are for, for all time. And no one more than Jim Caviezel. Have you seen what happened in Jim Caviezel? Uh, I know he's like a Q guy, right? He's a Q guy. Yeah. Just a full-blown Q mm-hmm. dude. And you're just like, man, what happened to your brain? And I think he was weird before that, but you do get the sense, like, probably playing Jesus didn't help him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Speaking in Aramaic. (laughs) You're you're conjuring forces you can't imagine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would... That that might be a pivot. If my life falls apart, I get... um, I get fired and stuff. I'm just going to like volunteer to play Jesus in some like <laughs> small production. Sure. And then have a public meltdown, then write a, write a memoir about it. <laughs> yeah. I'll just become the, the Jesus burnout guy. Yeah. Um, the two things that I wanted to talk about. Um, one is my beloved heat. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think anyone is a bigger fan than myself. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I will put my knowledge of the Heat franchise up against anybody. Uh-huh. Come out victorious. I haven't missed probably a minute of Heat gameplay all season. Uh-huh. And that's only continued in the playoffs. And I've seen every game twice. Okay. So with that being said, um uh, where's I guess I don't have anything that says liar. What's You're the, wrong. I guess that's probably the closest thing I have. What's, what's the role of a fan, of a sports fan? Is your role as a, like, do you have an oh. NBA team? Why the fuck you lying? I knew I had something. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you, you don't have, like, an NBA team? No. You just like basketball. Yeah. 
So as a fan of the game, mm-hmm. your goal or your job is just to like be informed with what's happening in the league. Right. Watch occasionally and kind of like keep up with general narratives. Yeah. But as a fan of a specific team, my role is not necessarily to be critical of the team, right? Mm -hmm. My role is to be supportive of the team. Well, I mean, I guess I don't agree with that because a huge part of fandom nowadays is booing your team when they're not doing good. I feel like for some reason, maybe I just didn't pay that much of attention when I was a kid, but I don't feel like that happened as often when we were kids where it's like now, especially in the NBA or well, the NBA is, well, I guess I watch football because of fantasy, but I guess football is not really that type of sport. The NBA is a lot more intimate in terms mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. who are watching a lot, a lot closer NBA fans do not hesitate to boo to their boo. team. Like it's you you have one bad quarter, the next three pointer you miss, you're getting booed. Yeah. So the the reason so along with your move and your illness and all this stuff, you've left me to manage our weekly game sessions. Right. And we've had some people filling in for you. Uh-huh. And they're all from my old hometown. <laughs> they're all Heat fans. Right. And God forbid I bring up some criticism. Mm. So we have game one of the finals tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, my prayer, my deepest hope mm-hmm. for, my, for, for my team is that we win one game. Right. And... <laughs> Don't get swept. <laughs> right. <laughs> if if I bring that up, it's not just that the fan, the, the fellow Heat fans mm-hmm. don't want to hear it. It's that they don't they truly don't believe it. And they they do not accept like yeah. an ev- a, a, a critical evaluation of the series. Yes, that's strange because that's a different type of I guess you would call them like homers, right? Well, well that, that's Because the, even the Heat fans on the NBA subreddit are all accepting of like we're not winning the finals. We will be lucky to get one game. Yeah. So, if you're so blind to it or refuse to acknowledge it, I guess that just makes you a homer. Well, it made me wonder, like, ha- like you mentioned fandom has, like, kind of shifted and changed. I was like, mm-hmm. is that now the new nature of, like, I am, I'm more of a NBA fan mm-hmm. than I am a Heat fan anymore. Right. Because I am intrigued by the, by the sport. Like, mm-hmm. especially watching the playoffs. I didn't watch much of the regular season. I watched a little here and there. Right. But watching the playoffs intently, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> the playoffs have been great this year. Exactly. The, the, the playoffs have been <laughs> phenomenal. And, I mean, game six mm-hmm. of the Celtics. Right. Game, like, just a wild, mm-hmm. you know, experience all around. And uh, really enjoyed it. But... So I guess what you're saying is, no, I can go back this Saturday night mm-hmm. and proudly announce to everybody in that mm-hmm. little chat that, no, I am a Heat fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
even though God right you're just yeah, you're God not a homer what, this a is homer. what I want you to bring to the table okay okay do you know who the biggest foul baiter in the entire league is who Jimmy buckets Butler? really yes for the pet someone posted a thing on reddit for the past five years ever since he joined miami more than james harden more than anybody else jimmy really? butler is the number one biggest foul baiter in the league that is his entire game i love jimmy but i love jimmy butler he's great i like watching him a lot of fun and he doesn't for whatever reason it doesn't feel that like he um searches for fouls that much but statistically speaking he is number one like wow. consistently and like by a lot not by a fraction I or whatever because i love jimmy butler yeah but that does not strike me as yeah you'll okay, you'll well, start picking up on, i mean especially game six i think it was i mean it wasn't just him because the entire that like entire fourth quarter was just take the ball down the court, foul gets called. Okay, now the Celtics get the ball, take it down the court, they call a foul. It was just free throws back and forth for the entire fourth quarter. But he does shoot a lot of free throws. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I, <laughs> See how they like that. <laughs> I, yeah, and, and how sneaky he is with it. <laughs> All right. There's something to be said about that. The the one takeaway that I had too was I found it shocking. And especially now following the fallout of game seven, Jalen Brown has always been someone who I've enjoyed mm -hmm. like watching now watching casually for sure. Mm -hmm. But Jalen Brown has always stood out to me as like a good second guy to have, you know, if you have a star like Tatum, mm -hmm. I was like, man, I'd feel really good if I like the Celtics and my two guys were like, Tatum. Oh, who else do you guys got? Oh, we got Brown. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. You know, I mean that that makes sense to me. But hearing like the like the breakdown where you brought it up to me where I'm watching game five, I think it was, mm -hmm. and no, 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 that was game it was game seven. seven mm -hmm. Um, where they're like, Yeah, you know, you make Jalen go to his left. Mm-hmm. He's like, sure enough, he can't dribble to his left. No, he yeah, he can't. He literally can't <laughs> dribble to his left. And then you have Jason Tatum, who anytime he gets a little extra pressure, just dribbles it off his foot. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and I'm like, how did I miss that narrative? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, what's your like Tatum and, and Brown or Brown? Do you feel like do you feel like he's not a good second? Well, Brown has had a really interesting NBA arc because he, um, I think he's heavily involved in the players union, like co-vice president or something maybe. And uh, for a couple of years after his rookie season, he was like, he was very vocal on s uh, social issues and all that. Um, and then he started slowly going down the Kyrie Irving path and staying, saying more and more like controversial stuff that's like he thinks makes him sound really smart, but it makes him sound really dumb. Mm -hmm. So I have a hard time getting past that. For example, this year, did you hear about his shoes? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> you wore a custom pair of shoes during a game this year. That's <laughs> that's said. <laughs> said did Naismith really invent basketball and then it had like a mural of like Aztecs playing some sort of sport that resembled basketball and and it was like a whole big deal because it was like listen you can't wear those shoes you're gonna get fined if you wear them and he wore him anyways. <laughs> if you push this narrative at the Aztecs. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of soured my that's my views on Jalen Brown a little bit. But he's the problem with him and I think with Tatum too, but more so with Brown is like he's one of those players that he's like he's good enough that some team in the NBA – will give him a max contract. But he's That's not crazy good me. enough that he actually deserves a max a ma- that you would be able to give him mm-hmm. a, a max contract and your team will be able to do anything. Tatum is kind of the same way. He's better, but I don't know, he still just doesn't show up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I, you know, I'm interested to watch a series and really lock into um Jokic. Like, yeah, um, some of the stuff that he does on the court just feels unfair, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I definitely don't think that we have an answer to when when he just wants to chuck a three up from behind his head, you know, yeah, you, you just kind of got to watch it and go, yeah. yeah, there's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Um, did you hear about like Spolstra showing a 15 minute? motivational video before game seven no like bam was talking about what was asked like what did he do to get y'all motivated he's like he shows a 15 minute inspirational video that guy's pretty fired up (laughs) (laughs) and the guys don't be like what right what What could that video possibly be possibly be the flagrant ones talk about it and throw out a few Uh, okay yeah a few um theories um but yeah, I was like the the role of a coach is interesting because I sent you those clips from Hard Knocks this year that followed I can't even remember which coach, but he was a coach who loved what did what, what did he love again? He loved Austin Powers. Oh right, Mike McCarthy. And he would just like show his people mojo get your mojo back <laughs> like it's all austin powers right. motivation theme and this guy's getting paid millions of dollars and it's like how are you going to motivate your team uh i'm going to show them austin powers because it's really funny and, and just hope that they get their mojo back or you know watching the town every mm-hmm. like it just feels like this right bizarre approach to like motivation and like what your role is to like i guess motivate millionaires to care about a game you just have to i guess revert back to like childhood thinking yeah (laughs) baby thinking (laughs) yeah i I don't know it's it's interesting but then you have coaches like spolstra who is like why i think obviously basketball and football are different but spolstra is like 
one of the reasons I would like to see the Heat win is to kind of validate how great of a coach Spolstra is. Yeah. Because his two cha- his two championships as of now are with LeBron, LeBron and people right. are always just going to give those to LeBron. Right, right. LeBron <clears throat> Wade. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had an amazing team, but yeah, I would I mean, listen, I I'm a Heat fan now that you've encouraged me to embrace mm-hmm. that. Um and uh I'd love to see him win, but 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 we'll see. Tonight is a night where definitely, like, I'm not betting on the game, but I definitely put um, the, the the Nuggets to cover. Like, I think the Nuggets are going to come out and make a statement game, you know, tonight. Mm-hmm. I think the Heat might be able to hand, and answer game two or three. I think that's our chance to win one. And uh, and then after that, I think the Nuggets will just, like, buckle down. Mm-hmm. And we, we, just, we just don't have the manpower. I mean, who – Strauss is – you know, did did you see Duncan Robinson's little, um, yes, like to the crowd, <laughs> yeah. his little, his hand, Hulk Hogan, yeah, like come, on. just watching him do that made me be like, I would that would so demotivate me on the bench or yeah. like, if I was playing, I'd be like, don't don't do that, right? Yeah, I don't know. I I think the I think you've got um the 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 role player the problem is with the heat is their role players like have to play out of their have mind to play out of their mind in exactly. order for them to stand a chance oh exactly like and their role players are literally undrafted people right <laughs> who came and, off the street right and they have been playing out of their mind which is amazing but you have to think that that's going to stop you, you, at some you point. have to think the law of averages or yeah. like you're you're shooting Especially when it's like your your three point shots have to hit. Mm-hmm. You're, you're what thirties thirties percent is good. So Duncan Robinson needs it three out of his ten, like mm-hmm. go more than three three to ten from the three point line. Like you're just like yeah, you can't keep that keep that up. You yeah. Know? Um. All right. I got one more thing that okay. maybe I want to talk about. Is that okay? Where are we at with time? Fifty four minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah, I mean, we could. Oh, it's eight twenty-five. We could make this a uh, our shortest episode ever. Mm-hmm. But instead, let's power through. Sure. Um, Okie dokie. We'll make the most of this. So, as of yesterday, I finished my reading challenge for the year. You finished it already? Not much of a I'm challenge. Done. If so, you finished halfway through the year, well. The, the the I've never done a reading challenge, and the number was uh-huh. kind of arbitrary. Okay, I picked forty one because that's how old I am. Okay, so I was like, yeah, I read forty one books mm-hmm. on the year. That I'm forty one, um, and so I finished it, and I wanted to review what my list is. Okay. I'm also on Goodreads, mm-hmm. the deadest social media <laughs> sure out there uh-huh. just nothing going on out here also booktube like book youtube yeah. book culture yeah needs some serious attention right it blows yeah so i thought i'd maybe run through and talk about my least favorite book and then review i had a few five stars Okay. And some of them you've read or are reading, and I thought it could be a nice little okay. check-in on sure. the books you're reading and all that. 
whatnot. So I've read 41 books this year. You stupid loser. My least favorite book was the one that I completed my challenge with. Okay. That's <laughs> Number Final 41. Girls. Oh, Final Girls. Okay. By Riley Sager. Uh-huh. And it just is like a generic thriller. Like what I was left with was a book that is just trying to like twist you out of anticipating the ending. And it just forgets to write characters. Mm-hmm. It just writes twists, you know? So at some point you just kind of like tune out. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly okay because you're not going to miss a damn thing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just going to be like, oh, this person is yelling now. Let me like, to, oh, they, yeah. they, that's the killer. Um, and that's the second book that I've read from him. And so I think, I think I'm done. Oh, really? With him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that just like cranks them out now. Yeah. And again, when you're writing thrillers, yeah, that's how you make your money. You yeah. don't make your money off of one kind of uh, page turner thriller mm-hmm. or whatever. So I thought I'd run through my five-star okay. reviews. Out of 41 books, and you know that I'm a generous creator. A liberal five-star. liberal, yeah. How many do you think? Out of 41? Out of 41. Hit the five. Also understanding that I tried to, knowing that this would be, like, recorded, mm-hmm. there was a little thought put into, like, uh, I don't want that book to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be on the list. Um, so I maybe tried to read some more. I'm going to say out of 41, out of 40, because I know Final Girls isn't one. Mm. Um, I'll say 12. 12? All right, let's go really quick. So we'll do a quick hit. All right. Uh, I already talked about American Prometheus um, here. That's the J. Uh, Robert Oppenheimer okay. um, biography, mm-hmm. which, again, like five stars because it's the quintessential book mm-hmm. for um, for a historical figure like that. Oppenheimer, the movie. Uh-huh. Just got hit with an R rating. R. I was and now I want to say, I was not anticipating an R rating when I picked that for our summer blockbuster challenge, so I rescind you, my picks. You, <laughs> <laughs> you're backing fully out. <laughs> um, yeah, I think everybody was surprised by that. Yeah. that. Uh, but this is obviously Christopher Nolan seeing... A series. He's making a serious film, Justin. Yeah, I guess okay. so. Um, yeah, and you're gonna see. I think I'm very easy on biographies because mm-hmm. I largely am a dummy. And mm-hmm. if you write a very compelling case about a historical figure or historical event, sure, I'm not gonna have the smarts to be like, "Well, actually, you know, I'm just gonna read <laughs> like, wow, that's super well researched and yeah. well written and five stars, buddy." Sure, that's all I can say. <laughs> Uh, five stars okay. to Butcher's Crossing. Okay. You read that. Yeah. Which one? It was about the Indians? No. Butcher's, well, Butcher's Crossing is about the guy, the young guy who goes out west to go hunt the buffalo. Right, right, right. Okay. It's, um, would you? Five stars? No. Five, you, you wouldn't do five. But it's for you. It's at least a four, right? I mean, it's a sure, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I definitely give it four stars. <clears throat> Five stars to the Department of Truth, Volume Two. Okay. Um, not five stars for the only good Indians. Mm-hmm. Um, the Department of Truth is that a book or is that like a graphic? It's a graphic novel. novel. I don't know if I'd count that, but okay. It's on Goodreads. <laughs> okay. And it's halfway through, so even if you want <laughs> to pull out a Justin, you know, bull crap, like I'll uh-huh. get I'll get to my forty one. <laughs> okay. Okay. This so late. Uh huh. We'll see about that. Um. Then five stars for Empire of the Summer Moon, um, which is about uh-huh. the the fall, the rise and fall of the Comanches. Okay. So many books about Native Americans. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, trying to be woke or something. Better myself. <laughs> um. What is the agree? What is the acceptable? term native americans is it native americans but like indigenous was thrown around for a while Indigenous people mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but i remember that not necessarily being okay all right next next i kind of in my review of this one i kind of said an uncritical five all right this is just a formative book in my life. Okay. I shared it with Indy. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't want to nickel and dime it. Mm-hmm. The Call of the Wild by Jack London. Five stars. Wake up! Okay. Toilets! Five stars for The Department of Truth, Volume 3. Okay, so that's two extra books you'll need to read this year. Actual books. Five stars for Dark Matter by Michelle Paver. Oh, yeah. The one I recommended, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with the five on that one? Um, Yeah. Um, I mean, man, I don't know. Because five stars is like, you know what? It, I'm a man of my word. You'll have to no, ask me yeah, in three in years. Three years. <laughs> so I respect that. As of right now, it's four stars. I'll revisit it in three years. Uh, I, I respect 2026. that. 2026. For me, Dark Matter is a unique story told from a very like unique perspective, mm-hmm. and especially the audiobook version, read yeah. by a man reading for his dear life. <laughs> right. And just... Uh, right. As a package, yeah, man. Give me like a hundred percent. That's what I want. Yeah. Like, give me, give me more. All right, five stars for the Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Okay. I read with D and remembered how amazing it is. The N word. It is in there. <laughs> you are correct. Five stars <laughs> for the Lathe of Heaven. Okay. Um. By Ursula K. Le Guin. Mm-hmm. And this... Hi, babe. ...is a story that really did not, like, entice me, mm-hmm. but I heard recommended a few times. And it's just about somebody who their dreams become reality. Whatever mm-hmm. they dream becomes real. Okay. And I was like... Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But the way that she writes it is like absolutely mm. 
insane. Um, um, what is a lathe? Is that like a thing that makes clothes or something? Yeah, like a, a cloth lathe. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. Do you like that? I just kind of. <laughs> yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. What it is, but yeah, making the uh, answer the question. Uh, okay. A lathe is a machining tool used primarily for shaping metal or wood. Okay, there we go. That's right. Um, what am I up to? I don't know. Five stars. You were keeping track. I was, but then I stopped because I figured you would have kept track on your phone. No, it's the whole list. I'm just going through. I'll say six. I'll say you're at six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Can I change my guess? You were at nine already? Nine. Nine. All right. What's the next one? Next one is The Passenger by Cormac McCarthy. Okay. Um, that's 10, right? <laughs> Never would have guessed that. That I would love a Cormac McCarthy. <laughs> right, book. exactly. It's shocking. I will say this though. You for you reading that Cormac, I'd expect you to be like, I didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. Um we ha- we have a few ones that came close. Volume four of Department of Truth came close, didn't quite get to the five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The next five, In a Lonely Place, the short story. Oh, right. From the guy from the 70s. Right. You've read two still. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, this is one that when I finally got to the end, I was like, is it five? I don't know. And it's hard for a collection of short stories. But coming off of Legati, Mm -hmm. those short stories where that's more of a range that you get where you're like, I don't know what that story was about. Oh, I really like that story. (laughs) This one, I just can't wait to say I got it finished with. This one, every single story I got to the end, I was like, oh, I can see what he wanted to say. He said it well. Mm. I was engaged all the way through. That's that's a hard thing to do. Um, So even though I probably don't think that's a five, the the degree of difficulty Mm. got me... Got me to give him a... Okay. Also, yeah, it's from like the 80s. Like, no one talks mm-hmm. about this. So, I right, got, I got champion in a yeah. little bit. My final five, which I think this would be 12, I think you hit it right on the dot. Well, there we go. Uh, Stella, yeah. Stella Morris. That sounds like me. What was that one? The oh, that's the other Cormac, Cormac McCarthy. McCarthy, mm-hmm. the, the sister novel. And I'm currently trying to finish as quickly as possible. Um my two or probably my, my least favorite book of the year, which is Jaws. Mm, mm-hmm. God, I hate. Are I you hate not Jaws. finished with it yet? No. Cause it's so bad. Yeah. Cause I hate it. Yeah. Um, but it's so it's, it's shorter. And I'm like, I kind of hate it so much that I just kind of want to get it done. So I can kind of, Log and say I read that turd mm-hmm. all the way through. Mm-hmm. The one that I don't think I can go back and finish, which just because it's shorter, I didn't get through Jaws. And I don't know that I can do it for this one. Is um we we've talked about it. Uh, the follow up to um Bird Box, Mallory, Mallory. Mm. 
which I installed out <laughs> yeah. with f- like four hours to go in that thing. Yeah. I tried to actually speed it up and listen to it. <laughs> right. Double up, speed. Yeah. And I was like, I can't even do this. <laughs> like, it's so boring. Yeah. It's so boring. And the characters are so like plain and mm. obvious. No one is interesting, which is also my argument for Jaws. There's three small problems with Jaws. Mm-hmm. Hooper, Brody, and his wife, Ellen, suck. They all suck. <laughs> they suck in different ways. And there's a whole middle part to this book where you can tell Peter Batchelor or whoever the author's name is mm-hmm. feels like he's writing like serious, like a serious novel. He's mm-hmm. like writing... Uh, What's that um, movie, that The Ice Storm? Mm-hmm. Just like this incisive look at families and all that. And it is so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. It yeah. sucks. So that's probably, those are probably technically my my least favorite books. Okay. More than you still got books. six months left. Yeah, I'll report back. We'll see. Do you think I can get to 82 books? Of course. I mean, if we're counting comic comic books, yeah, of course. No, comic books. Probably get to 8,200. Comic books. <laughs> uh, all right. I think, I think that's everything for me. Okay. I've also been, the last thing I have, I've been playing Sifu. Yeah. Oh, I have one game to, to tell you about, too, that I, I'm currently addicted with. Beyond Inscription, which I'm trying to be Casey's mod. Uh-huh. God, it's so You hard. haven't beat it yet? I have not beat all of Casey's mod. I beat two rounds. Okay. I'm trying to beat a third round. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to unlock all the decks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been playing Sifu and it's it's has uh made me feel a feeling that I haven't uh-huh. felt in a really long time. Rage? which is pure rage and a feeling I've wanted to just smash my controller against the wall so many times playing it, Yeah, but I keep playing it. Um, and it is fun. Are you seeing improvement? Like, Oh, is it something that you can steadily see or, improve, or is it something where you just keep running yeah. into this wall and you're like, I'll get through this. Wall I, eventually. I, yeah. I thought that's what it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be me banging my head against the wall and just like eventually brute forcing my way through it. The problem is, you know, the whole conceit is every time you die, you get older. A, oh, you get older. Right. And once you get to 70, if you die in your seventies, it's game over. You have to start over. Um, and I've can't, for some reason I've now, I just keep replaying the level until I can get through it without dying. Right. (laughs) And I haven't beat the game. I beat the first level and then I went through it a couple more times and I got through it only dying twice. Then I beat the second one and now I'm like. I just cannot give up this idea. I could very easily just die once or twice in the second level, go to the third one, die a couple times, go to the fourth one, uh-huh. and finish the game. But you have. But to I it. cannot let go of the idea of beating the game without dying. Or and that has. I looked at the achievements. There's. I don't think there's an achievement for doing that, but there is an achievement for beating it under the age of twenty-five. 
So I, I, that's your goal. So that is my goal. I still cannot stop the second level until I've beat it without dying, which I haven't been able to do. How many levels are there? There's five, I think. And the other part of it is like, I'm old. My hands are old. And so after playing for like an hour, two hours, (laughs) I'm in a lot of pain. My hands hurt. And then, like, I played yesterday for a a long time, or I played, like, a couple hours yesterday, and you get in a rhythm, and it's kind of like what we did with Ollie Ollie World when you're going Uh back and forth uh with the challenges. You get into a rhythm, and then this morning I picked it up to play, and it was, like, so clunky I couldn't do anything. I was like, whoa. You got to get back in the rhythm. Yeah, you have to, like, then get back into the rhythm. Have you tried to play Ollie Ollie World since we set all those records? I've fired it up a little bit, but you're absolutely right. I don't even know how to play the game. Okay, I still know how to play the game. No, I I can't. I I don't even, like, know how to jump. (laughs) (laughs) I actually almost fired it up the other day, (coughs) and then I fired this game up that I'm going to recommend to you now, Okay, especially as great counter sifu programming Mm -hmm. um it's a game that i tried on the steam deck Mm -hmm. and it just didn't it wasn't the game's fault it was just some games are better like presented certain ways to you Mm -hmm. and this game is not for me good on the steam deck Mm. but it is on game pass okay and it's loop hero Oh, isn't that like a DJ game? No. What is it? It's like a it's like one of the Guitar Hero games, right? No. It's not? No. Why is it called Hero? Why you're passing <laughs> over loop. <laughs> it's not called It hero. looks like a it looks like a hero, like a music game, does it not? Is the font no. not like a Guitar Hero game? No. I what don't am know I thinking of for exactly. some reason? What are you thinking of? Yes, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the logo right now. This logo is show it to me real quick. Can vaguely you, on your phone? similar to it's brown, right? Guitar Hero. In my mind, it looks like Inscription. Yeah, I guess. Let me see if I can find a Guitar Hero logo that looks close to it. Um, Loop Hero mm-hmm. is a passive battler. Okay. So the whole premise is you have lost your memory. You don't know where you are and you wake up on this loop, this track. Mm-hmm. On this track are bosses, are like enemies. As you defeat the enemies, they drop loot and they drop things that you can put on your loop or around your loop. Okay. So they might drop things like a mountain, and then you can put the mountain, mountain mm-hmm, uh-huh. put the mountain or rocks up around your loop, or they'll drop things that will spawn more enemies, like mm. vampires, spiders, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they can also drop like swords, shields, all this stuff. Your character just continually walks around this loop, and every time they come back to the start, which is their campfire, you have the opportunity to leave with the things that you have, or you can go do another loop to try and get more resources and things. Mm-hmm. When you leave, you then can use those resources to build up this camp area that you're base building. Basically. Okay. 
mm-hmm. to unlock more materials and stuff to make your loops mm-hmm. for you to last longer and stuff. Sure. Like and again, you're not battling, you're just getting the resources and you're allocating the resources mm-hmm. and you're building out this map. But that reward system, mm-hmm. and as you build out, like right now, my goal is to run it enough where I fill the entire map up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and the little puzzles that are offered to you, like here's a thing that you need to put in a blank area and then fill it around with things and you'll get more resources. Sure. And um, you have to like gauge, do I have enough health? How many more things am I putting in my way? Cause you get to put, where, like, the spiders will spawn, where the enemies will spawn. Mm. So you can just have, like, one area of your loop that's just, like, dense with things mm. as you, like, wander around and try and build up to go into it or wherever else. And I just, like, passively, like, indie, and I will listen to an audiobook together. Mm-hmm. So he'll be playing Zelda on his handheld, and I was like, yeah, maybe I'll, fi- f- you know, fire up Ali Ali World. But like you said, I was like, I... Ah, don't really have it anymore mm-hmm. so i was like oh loop here i tried this dude it was again one of those games i'm like all right i'm done and then i was like damn it, one more time yeah, yeah and then i was like i really have to go to bed and i was like just one more pass and it's so pass and you can speed up the okay the loop mm-hmm. time so i just sped it up and did a whole run and then built up my base i'm like man this is just a vampire survivors like right yeah, and with it being passive, you can rest your your little old thumbs. Hmm. Um, are you going to play Zelda? Have I'm you played it. Zelda? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just not buying two copies of it. So sure. right now, when Indy plays, I can't play. Mm-hmm. So I play anytime he's not. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when he's playing Zelda, that's why I was like, well, I need something, and I can't jump into a big game. You know what I mean? So I just right. need something passive and loop hero is fantastic when inscription has like pissed me off (laughs) yeah which it generally does and and generally oh yeah i I do make a misplay in inscription so i'm Mm -hmm. not like but but there is an element where you have to embrace the luck of it like you could have the best hand and just have a bad draw on the Mm -hmm. final deck well all that work and Mm -hmm. now it's done you know did you ever figure out what to feed the villagers at the campfire? It was why I joked to you. Adder. No, it's not. Yeah, anything with a poison symbol. I fed it I fed them an adder. And they go away? And they go away. <coughs> I've never done that. What'd you do? You feed them the ringworm. If you feed them anything with a poison symbol, they disappear. Okay. The ringworm does. I'll try have that. A- no, it doesn't. Poison. But the ringworm, there's like a, there's like, um, I don't, it must be in the main campaign. And maybe it's not in the main campaign, but maybe it's also in Casey's mind. But there is some line of dialogue from Leshy where if the ringworm comes up, he says something like, this card appears to do, to appears to be worthless, but maybe you'll find a use for it. Something like that. Oh, what a hint. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you feed them the ringworm, they all die. I didn't know about the adder. Yeah, yeah. <clears> I fed them the adder. I fed them anything. I fed them the uh, long neck elk. It seems. Yeah, I was gonna say. It seems like there should be a couple things that work. And it sounds like there is. I guess. Yeah. But the elk also has that that 
it's not a poison symbol. It's a one shot kill symbol. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, cross, yeah. the skull and crossbones. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, if you feed them that, they all go away. Okay, but you also can't make sure that they eat the thing. Right, which yeah, has also been frustrating. Yeah, like I'm happy to try it when it's offering health on my dumb adder mm-hmm. because that helps. But sometimes it'll offer attack. It's mm-hmm. like I don't care if my adder can attack for five. Right, like, it kind of defeats this- the. Purpose. Eat the dumb yeah. snake, you idiots. All right. All right, man. Well. That's it. Yeah, I'm glad that we can keep our friendship strong <laughs> for another week. I love you. I love being your tile coach. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.